Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good morning, everyone. Oh, in good voice today. Wonderful. So as Lizzie has said, we're continuing this short series on pray, serve, give, and thinking a little bit about what that looks like on the ground in St. George's. For all who call St. George's their church family, and what many Christians across the world and in history would consider uh, Christian practices of communal life together. So today we're thinking about serving, and uh, we will touch on how we serve in the places and communities that we live and work and have relationships, and everything that we think about today, uh, we hope overflows into the rest of the world. But we'll also be thinking about how we as members of St. George's serve within our church community to enable us to do and to be all that we believe God has called us to. And there's a key verse in this passage, verse 10, that I think I could meditate on for a long time. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So this book and uh, this letter that we are reading from, uh, 1 Peter, we're reading Peter, Jesus' disciple, uh, writing to God's elect. It says at the beginning of the book, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Uh, so sort of Asia Minor, now Turkey. And uh, they're expecting Jesus to return and they are facing persecution for following Jesus. So the whole letter and the passage that we arrive at is in the context and reality of living in their identity as Christians, the church in Christ. Tom Wright says, this is God's purpose to set people aside from other uses so that they can be signposts to this new reality, to the kingdom of God. And so amongst the letter, there are themes that Peter brings about the skills and the perspective of God's pilgrim people, those flexible, on-the-move people of God, to help them respond to the world around them, to cultivate a disciplined mind, to be focused on the things of heaven, be prepared for action, kingdom action in the world to avoid foolishly and unnecessarily offending or confusing, antagonizing the inhabitants of the land around them. And this is in tension with courageous uh, countering of cultural things around them that were not of God. We continue to wrestle with that today. And then Christ calls his people to holiness and obedience, and suffering may well be a part of that. But all of that is in community. That is the way the early church understood themselves, not as individuals who benefit individually from others, but as this interdependent. There we go. So now you're going to remember it. Because it's not dependent and it's not interdependent. Interdependent. So there is wisdom and direction in this letter both of how the church community could relate to the wider world and culture, be that signpost, and how the local church, often meeting in large 
uh, groups of households would relate to one another. And we see this in the example of Jesus, who we follow, who said to his disciples after washing their feet, now you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And later he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so we reach our passage today, beginning at verse 7. And this is in the context of not living like those around them who live as if Jesus is not king, but to live distinctively. They're encouraged to be alert so that they may be praying. And we thought about praying last week. And they are encouraged to live in the law of love, to love one another deeply within the local church. And love leads to things like uh, things of darkness or of sin coming to light, to confession, to forgiveness, which enables the covering of sin, as it's called in the passage. And they're encouraged in verse 9 to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And that in, uh, in that context, it was costly to offer hospitality to others. You were using your resources, you were opening your home, and uh, it was in the context in the Christian uh, world of not necessarily expecting to be invited in return. We have a little bit in the, in the West sometimes of like a dinner culture. I invite you to dinner, you invite me to dinner. We get into this pattern of like who will invite the person next. And in the Christian church, it was hospitality. Share hospitality with one another. And we'll think a bit about how we do that um, in a moment. I think some of the best hospitality I have received as part of uh, the church family here, I've received lots of hospitality, is from my Farsi sisters in their homes. And when I go to uh, my friend's house, um, I sometimes forget, and I'm in my cultural world um, and I think, should I, should I bring something or we'll go and have, we'll have a sit and a cup of tea and I arrive and the table is full and there are people all around and we share life together and we eat and we, sit, we pick out the flavours of the food and we enjoy one another's company. And then we have verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I found it helpful to have a look at a couple of different translations to see what, brings, what that brings from this verse. In N.T. Wright's, Tom Wright's translation of the New Testament, it says, uh, we should use our gifts as good stewards of God's many-sided grace. God's grace, we need to discover more and more of what it is, and it looks uh, different and diverse. In another translation, to be a good steward was called to be a beautiful administrator. Beautiful in the sense of biblical good, administrating, serving others, and stewarding well. And we can imagine here Peter using Paul's imagery of the body of Christ with many parts or members being used and evoked here. Each person has a gift that benefits the whole. And the purpose of the gifts given by God is to serve others that then brings glory to God. 
So what might these gifts be? Well, lots of us might be familiar with the lists of spiritual gifts in the Bible that will come up on the screen. And they're from a few key passages in Scripture, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians 4, Romans 12. There's lots of them in Scripture. Sometimes it can seem a little bit intimidating. Sometimes we over-spiritualize some and neglect others. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, varieties of service, the same Lord, and varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And that verse 7 in 1 Corinthians 12 sums it up. What are spiritual gifts? Manifestations of the Spirit in the church. Why are they given? For the common good. And Peter, in the passage that we heard, highlights two of those gifts, but it's not exhaustive. He highlights speaking and serving. Speaking being those uh, maybe more upfront roles of apostles, pastors and teachers, And when they speak, they should speak the very words of God. There's high accountability expected here. And indeed, they're called to high account in the New Testament as they shepherd the flock. And then serving. Anyone who serves should do so with the strength God provides. This is always really helpful uh, for us. Or even in our work lives or wherever we serve in our communities, to do so with the strength God provides, just as Etienne was praying for us earlier, to have an encounter with God, to know his spirit, to do things not out of duty or for human praise, although we are called to encourage, to not rely on our own skill and competence, even though they are good things, but to do things in God's strength. And that means we can serve or try serving in the church uh, in things that might be new to us, or out of our comfort zone, or we initially think, ah, I don't really want to do that, because we can do it in God's strength, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So we're called to be these good, faithful stewards, beautiful administrators of God's spirit. Uh, For me, I found this really took effect when my faith became my own, when I was a teenager, a late teen, at 17. And I was served, I realized, by many in my church and at Christian events. And next year when I was 18, um, because I'd heard about this serving on team thing, I signed up to serve at New Wine and the youth team. Um, and I signed up to go, like my parents weren't, didn't go to these uh, events or anything. So I signed up to go on my own. It was all like, you know, official with the process, but I went on my own as an 18 year old, turned up with a tent um, and served in this youth team Uh, with people that I'd never met before and I really got stuck in and it was just what I thought you did. I didn't quite realize like now in St. George's we would encourage people uh, to go camp with St. George's, a few people this year at New Wine, served on different teams we would sort of catch up in the day. Um, I didn't do that, I just went and arrived and was like, yeah, I think this is what you do. Um, My tent flooded so I needed the help of the family (laughs) camping next to me Um, but it was a really good experience and it just felt so kind of obvious from my experience of scripture and what I'd had in my church. And here we are all the church, we're all members of that body, we can all serve and it's not about if we're paid or not in that particular role or task or ordained 
Those are certain characteristics of serving and our calling and our vocation. They're not the be-all and end-all. And they're actually aimed, those kind of roles, at releasing more people into kingdom ministry than holding it back from others. So we're going to just think together a little bit about what it might feel like to be part of these different ways of doing things. Um, And so I've got some wonderful helpers across the church. So first of all, Paul, would you come and um, sit here? This is Paul. Paul's just going to come, or we need to just move the chairs. Working together. Can't work it out. He'll come. See how many people. There we go. They've done it. Paul is going to come and just sit here, and um, you're just going to have a kind of solo experience this morning. Um, You don't have to do anything. You just sit um, on your own. So I'm just going to get ready. Um, What might you like first? Um, Something to eat? Yeah, I can do that for you. Don't worry. Don't move. I can do that. Here's something to eat there. It's actually some chocolate raisins. There we go. Just on your own. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Anything thirsty? Or? Mm, it's quite thirsty. Thirsty? Wa- yeah. Let me just get some water. There we go. Some music. Dan, is it possible to play some music? Would you like upbeat or chilled worship? Chilled. Chilled worship. We just play a low-key chilled worship. Or I can do it on a Bluetooth speaker as well. You might work it out. Do you want me to do it on my speaker, Dan? Okay. Don't, don't move. That's fine. Just really, just really like you. So you're just on your, on your own. Do you want to just celebrate God on your You look like you're really engaging, really having fun. Cool, you stay there, you stay there for a bit. I wonder if there's some different way of doing this. Uh, so I wonder who wants to start this meal. Maybe Angie, maybe do you want to start the meal? You've got, oh, have you got something to bring? Oh, great, okay. I might just... Leave that there, actually. Thanks. Oh, wow, that looks cool. Just spread it out a bit, it gets caught. So you're there, is anyone, I wonder if anyone else, I wonder if anyone's got any, anything to bring, yeah. Oh, Etan, you're up for it, okay. You've got some bowls, more than just one. So you've got stuff for other people. Come, come and stand around the table. That would be amazing. Lovely. Got some bowls. We need something to fill the bowls. Oh, someone's coming. Amazing. I'm just feeling snackish. No, you just stay. You just, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Oh, lovely. Have a crisp. This looks great. And I wonder if, the, yeah, it might be a bit, it's quite hot, isn't it? Maybe something to drink. I gave what, I, I just, I gave something to, yeah, Daniel, do you want to come and, oh, 
That looks beautiful. Amazing. Pop it open. Bring that. Come and stand here, Daniel, and share. Let's. There we go. So, would you want to pour the drinks? Yeah. Maybe some more upbeat kind of. Dan's going to bring the music. Just. Oh, lovely. Again, there's some. Uh, you want to celebrate? You've done. You've done yours already. Yeah. Oh, lovely! Cheers, guys. Do you want to? Does that look more fun? Do you want to join? Do you want to take your? Yeah, take yourself. Yeah, I think. I think you're. Yeah, I think you're able. There we go. Give him a round of applause. This is church, guys. You can stay there for a moment. Just have a, have a crisp. So serving in church, this, I think, is a better picture of what it could look like than this. This looks a bit boring. This looks a bit, you know, other people are coming uh, to serve. This is possible. So I'm not saying this isn't possible, uh, but it takes a few people doing uh, quite a lot. This is very, very doable. Um, and uh, this is the kind of lunch. The ministry team had a meal this weekend, actually. Um, do you want to put that next uh, picture up, Joseph? And, uh, and that's what we did. You see, the plates are empty because we'd already eaten all the food that we had uh, brought things to. And uh, this experience of uh, serving both when I was a teenager and what I've experienced in church, this is, I kind of see this as like the, the tithing idea of giving where... Uh, This is to enable church, the gathering of God's people, to worship, to be equipped, to enable them to be discipled. I kind of see this as what everyone gives a little bit of their time to do. Now, there might be other particular ministries that people feel called to or have a gift for children's work or youth work or particular thing. But when we gather on a Sunday or a prayer and worship gathering, that kind of thing, there are things that all of us can do and bring maybe on a different week, that enable this here to happen. So we don't rely on one or two people, but we all take responsibility for something happening. And that's happening even this morning, where we've got our worship and tech team that you don't see, but they're making stuff happen. We've got stewards and communion servers later that will just get up and help make things happen. We've got our kids and youth teams all over the place. Thank you so much, guys. Have a seat. Well done. We'll take her down later. Oh, yeah. Do you want to take... Oh, Andrew, do you want to take... Rose, we'll take your party over. You can do that later at the end of the service. Let's do that. Let's... Do you want to give one to Etienne? Lovely. Wonderful. Now, we know and we understand there may well be sometimes limits as to exactly how we serve, whether that's finance or transport. But as we've seen today, anyone in our church can serve. We can all play a part. And so in St. George's, I'll just bring up our sort of list of spiritual gifts and serving. Um, I've tried to include everything I could think of and everything a few others could think of. If something that you do is not up there, A, come and tell me at the end, and B, know that we appreciate you. So this is not exhaustive, but it covers a lot of things. And uh, the gifts I love in the spiritual gift list are the gifts of serving, helping, and administration. Because do you know what? They cover 
everything, everything that we do and are in the church. And we have a wonderful staff team and PCC and others, uh, and we also have so many of our congregation involved in serving. If you do, we want to say thank you, and it is a team effort. We also know from people's experiences that it's one of the best ways to meet people and form friendships. And it doesn't matter, all of these are needed, those kind of upfront type things where you might see people a bit more. Um, there's lots of teams where people get together and uh, serve. And there's lots of behind the scenes things that you might not even know happen, but you see the fruit of in our church. And so when we say, you know, we might think, well, how do I know where to serve in church? We pray and ask the Spirit to give us gifts, to reveal gifts in one another, in others. But we do that for community. So some of these roles and certain pastoral roles, areas of oversight, we discern and appoint people based on skills and responsibilities with a process so there's accountability. And then in general church life, there's lots of different ways of serving. We see what needs doing and we contribute. I'm actually quite thirsty now. And at the moment, I would say things like stewards, people who keep our buildings safe and uh, are in the foyer during services, we could have a few more of those to fill up being able to do it week by week so that people would probably do it once a term or something. Hospitality that we'll experience at the end of our service as people serve teas and coffees. There is always uh, room for people to join that and it's a great way to meet people. And then we're looking for two or three uh, people in our kids and youth teams as well to um, boost the team this term to enable our children and young people to be lifelong followers of Jesus. We see that in scripture. In Acts, you might know the story uh, where there's some widows in the community being neglected in the distribution of food. And people in the community spot this and bring it to the apostles' attention. They see a need and they pray and they identify some people to fulfill that need and they commission them and then the work is enabled and it's multiplied within the church. And I pray that that's what every person in St. George's who calls this their home would feel able to do. Uh, and in a moment, we're going to move from these tables, from consuming something to sharing what church is, to remembering at the Lord's table how Jesus first served us. And so I hope that as we go through this term, we'll be encouraged to serve in lots of different ways in the ability and gift that we have for the sake of that final part of the verse. To him, to Jesus, be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.